All right, welcome everyone to another episode of Behind the Human. I'm your host, Mark Champagne, and it's my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices, keeping people at the top of their game personally and professionally. And we definitely have one of those stunning humans on the show today. We've got Kristen Holmes on the show, who is the Vice President of Performance Science at Whoop, where she spearheads the company's thought leadership initiatives with a keen focus on engaging top researchers and partners. Kristen delves into the intricate realm of individual and team biometric and performance data across high-stake verticals. Her expertise extends to working closely with premier tactical, professional, and surgical teams, as well as NCAA athletes and teams worldwide, aiding them in deciphering WHOOP data to optimize training, recovery, and sleep behaviors. Before her role at WHOOP, Kristen established herself as a force in the athletic arena. Here are just a few of her accomplishments. Three-time All-American and two-time Big Ten Athlete of the Year at the University of uh, uh, Idaho. Iowa, Iowa, sorry, Iowa <laughs> in field hockey and basketball, a seven-year member of the U.S. national field hockey team, and one of the most successful coaches in Ivy League history, having won 12 league titles in 13 seasons and a national championship at Princeton University. Kristen, how did the AI do on your bio? Is it pretty, it pretty darn pretty good, close? yeah. Yeah, welcome <laughs> to the show. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, I can't wait. There's There, there are just so many synergies. There's, there are so many overlapping passions, of course, and just helping... Uh, just helping people reach, you know, their maximum potential, essentially. And and you, you'll see with the opening question of the show, I mean, we're, we're really aligned on, on I think, slowing down and, and really understanding who we are and, and who we're striving to become and, and trying to forge a path to, you know, get there with practices and our behaviors and our habits and obviously good data to, to help support that journey. So with that, I'm going to, I'm going to, Put your bio aside and everything you've accomplished aside and what you do aside and just ask you the question, who are you? I think that's a great question. I, I aspire to be a person who exudes health and um, and I, I want to be a, a great role model um, for my children uh, and the people I interact with. And, and that means that I need to take care of myself in a way that allows me to show up for the people that I love in a way that uh, that feels aligned with with who I want to be in the world. So I think, um, yeah, I, I think at my core, um, I, I really just try to do my very best to live my values. And, and mm. I, I think about that a lot, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and really what do those those values look like in action? And then I really just aspire to just align my behaviors with the things that I really care deeply about and and who I want to be in the world. And and so yeah, I um I think at my core it's it's really just living my values and and those are things like you know, inner peace, you know, so just really trying to stay as present as I can for, yeah. uh, so I can engage with the other humans, um, I interact with in, in a way that, um, you know, uh, makes them feel safe and, and loved. And I think it's really hard to do that when you're not present. So I, I, I try to, I, I try to be as present as I can and, you know, growth is really important to me. Um, so, you know, asking, going back to the question of who I want to be, like, I want to be a person who is, you know, growing personally and professionally 
you know, intellectually and um, creating outlets in my life that enable me to grow. Um, you know, I want to impact, uh, you know, I, I am obviously a, a health education, uh, you know, public facing health educator and, and I, and I really want to impact health at scale. And, and that means doing research that's, that's rigorous and, and that, you know, can hopefully help people understand what behaviors they, um, need to, to, to do in order to, uh, I, I suppose, you know, uh, live their, their life in a way that's, that's truly rewarding. Um, yeah. So those are, I guess, a few of my values and, and, uh, and I guess who I aspire to, to be in the world. Do you, do you remember when you first intentionally really thought about who you wanted to be and how you wanted to show up in this world? Like, was there, were, were there moments or any kind of pivotal situations that, sparked okay you know you sat down and you really thought about that and really thought about the values and so forth because i know you live them and i know it's very present um and, and i don't know how many years this is, has been but i'm always curious to see you know how that comes about because not everyone thinks about these things until they hit a wall of some sort and then mm. you're forced into that reflection which i would love to try to prevent some of that for for people on the other side yeah. to just take a few minutes right to to ask these bigger questions yeah. Well, I think the the first, I think you, you nailed it. You know, there's that awareness piece, you know, and, and I think sometimes that awareness, um, you know, comes from hardship, you know, where you're, you're forced to, to be introspective and, yeah. um, you know, you're kind of forced into a little bit of a darker place. And it's like, you kind of have this crossroads in those moments where you can kind of choose uh, a path that's, you know, adaptive or, or choose a path that's maladaptive. And, you know, and I, and I think for me at an early, you know, early in my life, I, I really found teams, you know, uh, a field hockey team, a soccer team, a basketball team, you know, I, I kind of found uh, a place where, um, you know, I, I really felt like safe, you know, to kind yeah. of be myself. And, and I think I adopted the values of those teams and realized inside a team, you need to have some sort of um, common uh, foundation, you know, and, and that starts with thinking about, all right, what do we care about? Who do we want to be? So yeah. I think at an early age, I had coaches who asked some of these questions, you know, and 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 then I, I started to just build my own framework around that. And, you know, so as I went from team to team, I kind of like, oh, all right, those are the values of those teams. Well, what what are the values of these teams? And then you start to realize, hmm, what are my actual yeah, values? You, you know, how do I together? Yeah. And and so I think that um yeah, I, I think I I started to become aware that there's all sorts of things out there in terms of, you know, that direct our behavior. And, but if I could just be really clear on who I wanted to be in the world and, and what my core beliefs are, that could just bring a level of clarity to my life and help me make decisions. Uh, and, and I, I guess I just had, have always felt that that is like the foundation. And if I can just live my values, align my my behaviors with what I say I care about, then that brings consistency to a situation, to my team, mm -hmm. to my friendships. Um, and I, and I, and so I think I always wanted to just kind of 
um, I wanted people to know what to expect from me. And, okay. and I think that came from my environment, which my upbringing, you know, is very unpredictable, really chaotic. I didn't know what was happening next. And I knew that I, I didn't want to create that for other people. Like I wanted to be that really consistent, reliable thing. And I, and I knew that, you know, making sure my, my values and my behaviors were aligned was like a path to that. So, yeah. Yeah. Where did that emotion, do you remember where that emotion sat for you in your body, you know, kind of growing up in Mm. a a more chaotic, um, situation? Yeah. Well, I think there's, you know, there's a lot of fear, right. And, and uncertainty. And I knew that I, I really wanted, like I aspired, I think, to to know those emotions of trust. Mm. You know, like I was always like, I just, I just wanted so desperately <laughs> to to just, you know, feel safe, you know, and and yeah. feel um, you know, really grounded. And 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 so I I I think I I recognize that, okay, there's these emotions of the fear. There's these emotions of trust and, you know, how do I control the things that I can control that allows me to tap into these emotions of, of trust more often than not, Yeah, you know, so I could pay down or compensate, I think, for some of this unpredictability that I didn't have control over. So, so I think it sat in my body as fear Okay. For sure. And, and, and I realized that with that fear comes this like imbalance that I, that I could feel that tension. And, and so I tried to figure out, okay, what are other ways that I can bring in safety, you know, and, mm-hmm. and bring in more emotions that I know are coming from a, a place of trust. Yeah. And how do you, so present day, how do you check in with yourself to just monitor I mean, of course, there's a bunch of whoop data on that side, but I mean, more so, you know, from your mind that you're living those values that, yeah. you know, you, you're, cause it, the weeks are busy. There's so much going on yeah. typically that it's, it's so easy to slip onto an autopilot without checking in. Right. And, and saying, yeah. whoa, hold that. I've got like a little course, you know, deviation here that mm-hmm. often we miss if we don't take some time to to do some reflection. Yeah. So what does that, what does that look like for you? Yeah. I, I think, you know, as long guys, probably like a good 10, 12 years ago, I, uh, you know, I was in that familiar spot in January, whereas like, Oh, I need to do a big old reboot, you know, okay. <laughs> because I've got all sorts of things in my life that aren't going in the way that I want them to go. And I kind of had this epiphany, like, I don't want to do this ever again. I don't want to be in a situation at the end of a year where I'm like, Oh my God, I have so yeah. many things that I need to tackle. And so I just like, I just started from scratch. And I and I remember I was listening to a podcast with Tim Ferriss, mm-hmm. who is just so phenomenal. Like I was really early adopter in the whole podcast thing. I was probably the only female to listen to Joe Rogan and Tim Ferriss <laughs> and Ben Greenfield. Yeah. I think it was oh, all Ben's just, I don't know why. I, oh my God, I just yeah. love him so much. Yeah, he's just such a like original thinker in so many ways. And I, I don't think he gets like enough credit. I, I, Tim, mm-hmm. same, you know, like I just feel like, uh, you know, Tim might, I don't know. But um, but anyway, I, I, I forget who Tim was talking to. I need to look this look this up because it's such a great question of how this like kind of started for me. But, but I, I remember, you know, them thinking about, or, or t- Tim talking about this idea that, you know, just doing things incre- incrementally, or it sounds like, 
of course, like no kidding, right? Like that this yeah. is you do things incrementally and you figure out like, you know, just what are these kind of core behaviors that you need to to do every single day that kind of position you to not have to like redo this exercise every year. And and, and that's really the kind of the project I I I I undertook, you know, in that in that that in January and, and, you know, 10 years ago. And, and, and I'll say, you know, I, I really haven't had to do like a hard reset since then, you know, yeah. cause I was like, I realized that my infrastructure wasn't set up to really support my values in a way that um, felt good, you know? So I kind of always had these tensions. So I figured out, okay, what do I, you know, I kind of went back to the drive, who do I want to be in the, in this world? So really that mm-hmm. identity piece and then, all right, what are, what are my core values? And my values have evolved and changed. And, yeah. you know, I, I re, I, I look at the, I look at my values every day. So to answer your question, like, you know, part of that infrastructure, you know, where I, I again, things that I needed to do every day to, in order to kind of stay on track was really to audit um, how I spend my time, right? Because how you spend your time ends up being who you are, right? Yeah. Whether you well like it or said. not. And, and it doesn't matter, you know, you, that is like when you actually look at how you spend your time, what you put in your mouth, the things you drink, um, who you talk to, right? Like mm-hmm. you become that. Yeah. Before you even realize it, honestly. And and yeah. I did not want to I did not want to be a pawn in in anyone's game. I was like, you know what? Like I am going to get so damn intentional and and have a point of view about my own life. And I and I realized that like the clearer I got over the course of these last 10 years, like like the anxiety that comes from like seeking approval just goes away and you're just yeah. left with this like point of view about your own life. Like it's like the it's most amazing. empowering thing ever. Right. So, so yeah. So I, I just really, I got super clear on my identity and my, and I, I kind of have this like framework, you know, identity values, anchors, outlets. Okay. And I literally year after, you know, every like quarter, I kind of revisit my identity, my values, my anchors and my outlets. And I just make sure that I'm in a position where I can live my values 80% of the time. And that's where it comes like mm. auditing your, you know, your, like how you actually live, like your behaviors, like on a, a really like detailed, it's painful. Like when you yeah. write it down, you're like, holy cow, there's a lot of things that I do. A lot of people I interact with, a lot of things that I think about that are not serving me. Yeah. And when you go through this calculus, you, you kind of start to realize like what, um, you know, what isn't serving you and, and what is serving you. And, and and really, I think in the in the end, like when you start to dial that in, you're in a position to have a lot of capacity. You know, like you're you have a lot more free time. And also I think what the the happy kind of I think ending to to a lot of this is that I literally never feel like I have to take a vacation. Like I'm never in a situation where I need to vacate my life like to recharge. Like like I wake up like pretty darn energized every day yeah, and, yeah. and excited to tackle the the things in my life. And so I, I think that this has really worked for me, um, you know, and, and, and how that, what that looks like on a micro level is, you know, I, I meditate on my values every day. Okay. Like I go through, I'm like, what does inner peace actually mean? Like, am I actually being present? And I, and I'll, you know, I do a lot of reading and, um, you know, I, I literally just will search up inner peace. And, you know, see what oh, kind of comes up. And, I like that. You know, it, it's just, and it's, so it you get, you'll get, um, you know, writings from, you know, or an essay from John Gardner or, or something from Emerson or from David White or, you know, all these people mm-hmm. are writing prolifically about these things. And, you know, I just take a small little passage and, you know, I sit in the, 
the the natural light. And I read this passage and I think about how it might apply to me. And 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 that sounds people are like, oh, you really do that? Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like yeah, every day. The, the, um, the and the people who know me will huge. attest to that. But but I think that that is like that is is just a one of the, I think, paths to like this alignment, you know, and, and yeah. to reducing that internal tension and being able to choose trust over fear. And, you know, um, this is the, these are just things that, I, you know, have taken decades to to kind of synthesize and internalize. But but yeah. Yeah. Well, what I really love about because I, I I'm I'm seeing a visual and it's something I want to do more of on my side as well. Is I I can almost see like you take your values and then surround yourself with content related to those values. Of course, like you mm. said, you're looking it up, but I can see it also. You know, maybe this month you have a book on you know inner peace by someone, mm. or or you curate a you know some podcasts lists and whatnot yeah. on those values and. It's a obviously just a beautiful way to expand your own mind and, and the mm-hmm. way and your perspective on on those important factors in your life, those values. But then it's 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 like the counter defense uh, against all of the other garbage that is getting thrown at us. The noise, co- exactly constantly. It cuts it out. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And then now you're now you're fueling your mind with with good healthy mental nutrition, mm-hmm. just like what like you alluded to yeah. with our bodies. Right. And it's just a beautiful loop that naturally will will help, you know, continue to sharpen those self-awareness, you know, yeah. uh, skills and, 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 and whatnot. I love it. Yeah. Love it. I, I think starting the day with something like that, that makes you feel kind of in control yeah. is, is really important. You know, yeah. um, it doesn't take that long. That's the other thing. No, like you're not talking about three hours of reading to start the day here. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sometimes it's just five minutes, you know, I'm yeah. busy. like I got a couple of kids, like I got a lot of responsibilities, just like everyone, you know, and yeah, but I but I, it's like, I guess when I go back to this, I, this concept of, you know, not needing the January reboot, like not needing to vacate my life, like, you know, every six mm. weeks, like, you know, it's it's about building in these small practices that like really help you orient your behaviors consistently mm. and, and reinforce who you say you want to be in the world, you know? And, and yeah. that's like, that's how you choose your behaviors, right? It, it's based yeah. on, am I practicing every day who I want to be in this world? Powerful question. And if, if you're not, you know, what, what are we doing here? You know? And, and, yeah. and I guarantee that that manifests in, you know, and, you know, it, it basically creates a lot of stress in the system. And, and we know what happens with that, right? Like when we have, when we, when we accumulate a lot of unmanaged stress that it manifests disease and, mm-hmm. and interrupts our sleep. And, you know, we, our hormones aren't as balanced. Like there, you know, there's just this so downstream much. effect, right? Yeah. Um, but it starts. So, yeah. I love it. You just provided the perfect segue because I, I definitely wanted to get into that, these topics around health specifically, but mm. I'm happy it just naturally started with actually the natural starting point of really, you know, some of those fundamental questions and understanding who we are and who we want to be and, and, and providing that internal framework, you know, to, to, to help us, which then gets into a lot of the other topics that I just, like I said, before we hit record, I was just writing, I, I have a, a section where I'm just, I, I, I've labeled it concepts and terminology. There's just so many things I, I want to ask you about health, but the, the question that feels most intuitive to ask you, because I'm in it right now with, with my wife, we have two young boys, 
uh, yeah. two and seven. And the seven-year-old is like making his mission to bring home every uh, illness and disease from his school possible. And just, as you know, just cycling. And there's a lot of parents that I think go through Isn't this. It? It's so frustrating, frustrating on this side because we really try hard on many factors with our health and still get hit you know, more mm. than what we'd like to. And I saw, I think you said that you mentioned this on Stephen's podcast where you said you yeah. have not been sick since 2017. So that's my it's, question. It's what wild. is going on? I know. You, how I know. old are your I, kids? Um, so my son is uh, seven. He just turned 17 and my daughter okay. is 15. And, you okay. know, they're in high school. There's like a oh, virus yeah. going around literally every week. Like, you know, uh, you know, the, Couple of folks in my household got, you know, uh, uh, my 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 partner and and my son both got um, COVID. So, yeah. you know, I resilient uh, my mom daughter over and here. I, mean, I love it. I know. I know. <laughs> no, I, you know, it's so interesting because I it's funny because that got out there and people are like, "That's not true," or they think I live in a bubble. But you know, when I travel all over the world, like I, yeah. uh, you know, like I, I, and I'm a student. I have a full time job. I have two kids. Like, you know, I'm not. I I don't live in a yeah. bubble. Right. Um, but I, I think, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things, but I, I think number one, uh, I think it's this values and, and behavior alignment is the place to start. That's so mm. foundational. Um, I think in impacts, I think your immune system on a profound level, when we are not living our purpose, um, we're going to have internal, we're going to have dissonance, yeah. right. And that puts stress on the body. Um, it impacts our sleep. Right. And so I think number one, again, just yeah. getting really clear on purpose and just making sure that your habits are such where you can practice living that purpose and you have, so, and I call those kind of the anchors, your anchor behaviors, like what are the core things that I need to try to do as often as possible across the month? You know, one is stabilizing my sleep wait time, which could be really hard with a two-year-old, you know, but then it's like, <laughs> yeah. if I can't stabilize my sleep, sleep wake time as consistently as possible, um, you know, what's that second uh, most important behavior? And I would say, you know, trying to really keep your feeding windows as consolidated as possible, your eating windows as consolidated yeah. as possible. People don't realize the amount of stress you put on your system when you're eating outside of the natural light dark cycle. Uh, we're not really meant to, you know, digest food during those times. We're meant to be fasting during mm -hmm. during those times after the sun goes down. So I think, again, just, you know, that alignment with the natural light dark cycle is a huge piece for yeah. me, I think, in terms of staying, um, staying healthy. Well, that was... I have to say that was one of the most eye-opening pieces of data that that came up on my side was the eating window. Like we we eat pretty early mm. just with young children. The kids, but, yeah. Yeah, but every now and then, you know, something, and I don't really snack at night, but I think mm. there was a couple times where I might've had something at 7 p.m. or something, which was mm. abnormal. So it was, you know, I knew that that was the, 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 the change, right? Mm -hmm. And we just woke up and like, holy smokes, like, look at the recovery and, and the effects yeah. that that one yeah. thing has. And to the point where I remember I was, this was last week, actually, I was flying home from Montreal after spending some time with the team and I was kind of hungry and it was a late flight. And I was mm -hmm. like, no, I'm not doing it. It's not worth it. Yeah. It's not worth it. I know mm -hmm. what this is, what, what's going to happen. I'm already on an airplane and traveling kind of outside of a regular situation. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of light that's, I don't have a blue, my blue blockers on. So it's just that level of data 
is so impactful that I just, and, and for everyone listening, Whoop did not reach out to us over here at Behind the Human. I reached out to the company because I've heard <laughs> Kristen speak and I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of, of Whoop mm. as uh, a tool in, mm. in living life and, and just performing at, at, at the best we can and feeling at our best. So I, yeah. I just want to put that caveat out there as we continue to talk yeah. about Whoop. Yeah, it, it it is. I think the data are, are really empowering, and and I think to your point, like it's it's kind of like just the self experimentation, you know. And we're all really unique. How you know food late for you is going to impact? It, it might be different than how it yeah. impacts me. You know, some people are just more more resilient or more, um, you know, not as impacted by some of this circadian stuff as other people. You know, sure. that's just the the, the reality. But, you know, I'll say with the food, I think sometimes people are like, oh, my God, I can't have anything to eat. But, gosh, you know, if you're hungry, you know, in, an hour before bed, like have some case, you know, something high in case in protein. I think that the idea is we just don't want to uh, create a lot of spikes in our blood sugar yeah. in the lead up to bed. So you don't want to, you know, pound a half bag of gummy bears, for example. That is, that's that's going to have a negative impact and divert resources yeah. um, and and probably create a crash. You know, you'll get hypoglycemic at some point in the night, sure. which will wake you up, right? So, yeah. So, it's just being smart about what you're putting in your body. But, um, and, and there have been studies that sh- that show, like, you know, kind of full-fat yogurt, like kind of this, you know, stuff that's higher, food that's higher in casein protein, for example, doesn't have a meaningful impact on markers of sleep and recovery. So, you know, so I think for folks who are really hungry before they go to bed, like that full-fat yogurt is is a great alternative and, and shouldn't sure. impact sleep too much. Sure. But yeah. It has been eye-opening though. Just, I think what's, what's shifted in my mind or what's been uh, really insightful is just kind of looking at the body and, and definitely sleep from an energy perspective. I don't know, mm. for whatever reason, I, I just, I, I didn't connect that. And just now the perspective is always how much energy am I, is my body going to require to do X, you know, digest food or uh, I was sick uh, a couple weeks ago and and felt the fever at night and it was unbelievable to just see like the stress level uh, mm-hmm. while I was sleeping I mean I was yeah. I was sleeping I mean I do remember kind of getting some kind of you know a little bit of the shakes and then I woke up and was okay but it was just, all the alarm bells were ringing on yeah. the whoop obviously of yeah. my whoop data but it's it's just that perspective of of looking at things from an energy standpoint yeah uh, has been really really fascinating yeah i think energy management is, is kind of a <clears throat> is a thing you know and and, yeah. and i being understanding you know how to like certain behaviors are metabolically costly right and mm. um and and certain patterns of thinking or or certain um kind of statuses psychologically um, like being f- really fearful or having a lot of uncertainty, you know, those are very costly to the system. Yeah. So it's kind of understand looking at like in terms of, all right, uh, exercise is a cost, but that actually is going to put money back in the bank. Like you're going to get return on that investment. Yeah. Um, alcohol, you're never going to get a return on that investment. Yeah, that so kind so of obvious. understanding <laughs> that one's really obvious. Yeah. Um, you know, chronic, short sleep, 
you're never going to get that back, right? Even if you try yeah. to extend your sleep, yeah, that will help you recover and restore. But there's going to be this, you know, little ding in your baseline that it's going to be hard to recuperate. Um, so you just want to think about like your body as like, you know, it's it's like, how do I kind of create, how do I navigate my choices across the day that make sure that I'm not in a situation where I deplete my bank account, right? If we're using yeah. this kind of bank account analogy. So you want to kind of keep depositing, you know, with your behaviors, depositing money into the bank. So when things go, when you're traveling or when you have, you know, um, this period of time where maybe you have to care for a sick child, like you have some buffer, you have some, totally. you know, savings that you can kind of dip into um, that allow analogy. you to move. Yeah. Like, I just feel like it's like, when you think about it and I just spoke to Dr. Lisa Feldman Barrett yesterday. Okay. So she's um, how emotions are made. Um, but she talks about this body budget and I'm like, oh, I love, I love that analogy. You know, it's, it's just, um, it makes a lot of sense. And, and I, I, but I, but I think we need to kind of not stress over our behaviors, but just real, just be aware of things that are going to contribute positively to energy, right? If we're thinking Mm -hmm. about how do I manage, how do I wake up and be able to operate in the world with a a level of alertness that allows me to engage with the world in the way that I want to, right? And then, the other side of it is you want to also be in a position where your body is sleepy when it needs to be sleepy, right? I think there's nothing more frustrating when I am I can't get focused and like the right amount of arousal for a, a situation, um, and, or or I can't like generate the 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 calmness and the the sleepiness when when I need to maybe like fall asleep, like I, like if I can't be alert when I need to be alert and Sleepy when I need to be sleepy at a fundamental level that causes a lot of, a lot of stress, right? Yeah. So I think proactively understanding how to manage our energy so we can kind of be in these, achieve these desired states is kind of at a foundation level, like what we're, what we're trying to do here. Yeah. Well, and it's just so, I always find it fascinating because like I said, I work with a lot of businesses and teams and in those worlds, I mean, brands and and same thing at whoop obviously and, and mm. uh, for myself uh, as well we look at data all the time you know to see where mm. where's the brand at where's the company at you know where yeah. do we want to go next and okay well what do we need to do to get there mm. and we make decisions based on data but like, we often don't do that for ourselves like the yeah. biggest business and, and game of uh, uh, of them I all know. essentially right yeah. so i find that's where because my wife said this to me a, a few weeks ago, and it was it was interesting. It made me think because I was you know I've been telling her what I've been noticing with with the data and whatnot, and you know alcohol, like the the usual mm. suspects. And she's like, "Well, you know that though, you know why? Like, mm. why do you need Whoop or any device, frankly, to tell you yeah. that?" And my response was, "Well, first of all, there's 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 more nuances there, and I like mm. I can't." compete against the beautiful algorithms that you have and putting them all together. But even that aside, as a, as someone that started a journaling app about five years ago, mm-hmm. it's the journaling, it's the constant, it's the reminder of, mm-hmm. yeah, I did have a drink and that's what it did. And I've just reminded myself of that today. I probably won't do that again. Isn't and it's that reputation that I find with, especially with the journaling mm-hmm. uh, flow in, in whoop that is, is so critical. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, when it, and it's, it's, again, it kind of goes back to like practicing who you want to be in the world. Right. Like, and that's yes. what it, it's like, if I want to, um, 
you know, if I say that I want to be present, well, if I'm seeing in my data that, while I'm not actually adapting in a functional way to stress, I'm probably not doing one of these things in the way that I need to be doing like that ladder up to enabling me to, to be the person I want to be in this world. So it, it agreed. Like you can't, I, I think what is very clear is we can't separate separate out the psychology and the physiology. No, they they are absolutely intertwined on the, on the deepest level, right? So, I think when we are not living our purpose, we don't have a sense of efficacy. That is the skills and resources to do the things in my life that I want to do, and I don't have a feeling. I don't have you know, a feeling of of control. So purpose, efficacy, and control are three of the most core psychological needs, right? When that isn't yeah. firing for us, it will manifest in our sleep. It will manifest in markers of recovery, like a heart rate variability and resting heart rate and respiratory rate. And so, so we just, I think the more, I think it goes back to the original question you asked is just about awareness, right? Mm-hmm. These data just bring us more at home in ourselves, like more in touch with what's happening at home in our in, in ourselves, and yeah. give us most importantly help us understand where to apply our effort. Right? If I see that I'm not adapting in a functional way, and I can see that in my markers of sleep and recovery, I need to go back to that. How? What am I practicing? How am I living? Yeah. Right? Like, what are the things that I'm doing every single day? Are they contributing to who I want to be in the world or not? Yeah. And it's 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 having that like constant check-in with yourself, honestly. And and data is just the truth teller that basically tells you if you're living your values, in, mm-hmm. in my view. That's what I use it for. I love it. If if we put technology aside, just because I want to make sure we provide something for everyone, obviously people can tell I'm a big fan of, of, of Whoop. Uh, and I will add, I've been a long-time Apple Watch guy. Uh, I haven't worn that since I've had Whoop because it's so, uh, it's so different. And, and, uh, you know, I, I can say this because there's, there's, it's not like this is a sponsored episode. It's way better. It's just way better. And I love that there's no screen on my wrist. That's the other big thing, yeah. which I've heard Will talk about saying that there's a lot of requests for that. And it sounds like you're all staying true to yeah. uh, staying sc- screen we, free, which is so And important. Apple ha- absolutely has its, you know, it's, it's, benefits there's so much functionality yeah. um but yeah i mean the fact that we don't have doesn't have a screen i think is really like such an important value proposition yeah. right like we're not you you can't send text messages you can't call people like it's literally just it's on your wrist it's passively collecting data really important data at a super high fidelity right much yeah. more so than apple right because yeah. we're not doing all these you know we're not other using things. our computational energy for all these other things right yeah. so as a result we're able to really i think deliver um insights that are are grounded in in uh really good data <laughs> yeah yeah. So, yeah so sorry i i i'm the one that took us on a tangent on that no, one right. um, but the, the the question i wanted to ask is if if you put a technology aside you do any technology and you had to go analog style what mm. what would you be tracking like how would you check in to mm. best evaluate kind of your your sleep and 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 how you're functioning as a, mm-hmm. as a human yeah, I mean, menstrual cycle is massive, right? Like that's such yeah. a great signal. Um, so I track the regularity of my cycle. Um, the more regular it is, generally, um, <clears throat> the more we go back to kind of energy, the, probably the better I'm managing my energy, uh, mm. the more balance I have. Uh, and so that cycle regularity is number one. So if I don't have any technology at all, that'd be the the first thing. 
do I have the ability to be alert when I want to be alert? Yeah, I like <laughs> that. That is huge, yeah. right? Like, and just like literally like thinking about your day, like, do I have the energy when, um, you know, I, I want to work out? Like, do I have the energy to present at three o'clock in the afternoon? You know, when do I actually start to fade and dip? Is it, is that normal? Is it not? You know, do I need caffeine to kind of keep me going <laughs> past 12, right? Um, or, or whatever it is that, you know, um, and then do I, do I fall asleep when I want to fall asleep? How long does it take me to fall asleep roughly? <laughs> you know, yeah. um, those are, I think, huge. Um, do I, you know, am I moody? Am I irritable? Um, you know, do I struggle kind of accepting reality on its own terms? Like, you know, so these are things that I would definitely be evaluating. And then I think, you know, finally, I would just look at my calendar and like, all right, how many things across the day um, really align with my values? And mm, and just yeah. look at very micro and tactical, you know, across the week. Um, and again, I think for me, like I need to have like at least, you know, 85% alignment or I start to feel pretty twitchy. <laughs> yeah. And in that in that dissonance is I like sit in that, you know, I'd be like, oh, okay, what do I need to actually change about my life to create more alignment? Yeah. Uh, so I think to your original, to one of your points you made um, early in the conversation, like I think people don't necessarily, they just, they they end up kind of accumulating habits, right? Without like unconsciously. Yeah. And then, and all then of you a sudden, adjust your normal. Yeah. And then you kind of become this person. You're like, well, how did I even get to this spot, right? Yeah. Whether it's, you know, you're 15 pounds overweight or you're, you know, it's like, how did I even get there? And and I think that to me is, is, is what I would want to avoid, you know, not the weight specifically, but just, you know, just this idea that I, I'm becoming this person that I don't even recognize, right? Like that, yeah. to me, that is how we need to, like, we need to audit our time to, and be strategic about how we spend our time so we can be the version of ourselves that, self that we feel really proud of. So mm-hmm. those are some of the things that I'd These are amazing. look at. I, lo- I, yeah. I wrote every one of those questions down. It's, I have a weekly review that I usually do every, well, not yeah. usually, it's pretty religious, every, yeah, every Friday around 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. And I just have three fundamental questions. What went well this week? Uh, what I've changed this week, and I always end on gratitude with what can I celebrate this week, and then do oh, a scan to, to do it. Yeah. But I love, I, I want to add a couple of questions because even that, yeah. like that takes 10 minutes, and it's, 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 I feel like I've become a, like I'm getting a PhD in my weeks every single week because yeah. you get so much information. Yeah. But, but taking it a step further and, and looking at, okay, uh, you know, I'll do it with this. It's like this, this podcast, if I look back at it, you know, did I have the energy that I needed to mm. show up for you, right? And if, mm. I, I hope you can feel it. I, I would say I yes can. to that. <laughs> but I mean, it's just, but it's just a good way to to add another element there to check in with yeah. yourself and see, okay, like, are there some flags? And it doesn't take that much time, but the, it's yeah. just so insightful. Love it. Yeah, we just don't want to like go too long where we're ignoring those flags, you know, because yes. that's when all of a sudden like you're, you know, in a mental health crisis or, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you're not like coping, um, mm-hmm. as effectively and, and yeah. And, and then you, your energy levels decrease to a point where you're not able to move as much as you want to move or, you know, yeah. So I think yeah. it can, it can go wrong pretty quickly if we're not checking in with ourselves. And, and, but I think more importantly, it's like each individual has to figure out like, what are the questions that you need to ask yourself, right? Because those yes. questions might be different than what I feel like I need to ask 
myself, right? Yeah. Um, but I do think for for women, menstrual cycle regularity, if you're naturally cycling, right? If you're not on yeah. hormonal birth control, that that is a really powerful insight because our cycles are so tied to how we're adapting to stress. Um, mm-hmm. And in our body is incredibly resilient that, you know, we'll, you know, you'll still have your period, but but it will be, it will likely be off, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I think that that is just such a great clue that, you know, maybe I'm undereating, maybe I'm overeating, maybe I'm exercising, over-exercising, under-exercising, you know, not managing my relationships as, as proactively and, and that's manifesting in, in yeah. stress. And so I, I feel like the menstrual cycle is just such a great signal. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Can we talk about a few concepts that I've heard you bring up that I think are so important for people to know about and just uh, take some time thinking about these things. Uh, I mean, you touched on it and I think it's linked to your uh, seven years of no illness or very little Mm. illness is just the social jet lag concept. Mm. That was a big one for me. Uh, Yeah. Doing the research uh, for this, for this interview, uh, Mm. I was probably like the vast majority of the world, like super focused on the eight hours, uh, which I still am, of course, but yeah, you need sufficient sleep, but there's I'm another seeing, piece to but that. But I am yeah. seeing the consistent, like, especially in the wake time mm. consistency and really mm-hmm. trying to, uh, especially on weekends. I know. Because we, as parents, we take turns. Like, it's like Saturday, I'll sleep in a little bit later. And yeah. on Sunday, my wife will do that. And I'm like, well, maybe I'm not going to do that, actually. You know? Yeah. I, you know, we're really trying to dial this. And I think if you can keep, so oftentimes when we wake up uh, at really inconsistent times that throws off our circadian rhythms, right? And that has a downstream effect to, you know, every cell tissue organ in in the body is going to kind of feel any misalignment that we have. So I I will say as it relates specifically to to, to wake time, yes, if you want to just try to wake up at the same time as often as possible, Mm -hmm. get outside, view sunlight, you know, that's going to allow you to fall asleep when you need to fall asleep in that regular and and have a regular sleep time, Um, you know, later you know, when it's time for bed. Um, I would say that if you are dealing with uh, insufficient sleep, um, most likely your body is going to want to wake up when it wants to wake up, right? Um, So give into that, wake up, and then um, take a nap. Try not to Mm. have caffeine and then take a nap around 11, 12 o'clock. So maybe before or after lunch to, to try to just... Uh, you know, I, I hate saying make up for sleep because you can never fully make up for lost biological sure. sleep, but that will absolutely help you feel more energized, will increase your cognitive functioning, you know, for later in that afternoon, will make you feel, you know, less irritable. So I think that to me is kind of the strategy is to just build in these these naps if you can. Um, you know, and, and that could be the trade-off with your, with your wife is, you know, it's like yeah. you figure out when you can just kind of have this really nice, you know, 45 minute block where you just boom, you know, you yeah. shut it down. Um, and is, there, is there a time, yeah. like, is there, is there any research around how late in the day a nap, uh, I guess can then be detrimental to falling asleep after or is there? Yeah. The no. closer you get to your intended sleep time um sure. with, with your nap is 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 really how you need to think about it so if you're typically 
uh, falling asleep somewhere between, you know, nine and 11 o'clock, like you probably don't want a nap after one or two. Okay. Uh, I would say you want your nap to end by one o'clock or two, 2 p.m. Um, and then obviously not have any caffeine after probably, yeah. it just depends. Some people metabolize caffeine really quickly. Others are, are slow metabolizers, but generally speaking, you know, you don't want caffeine after 12. Yeah. Um, just to ensure that it doesn't impact uh, impact your sleep in any way, but but yeah, I would say by by one or two, you want to be done sleeping and and allow that natural sleep pressure to build. Okay, and there's, I mean, I've heard you talk about some pretty just because it's a different audience, obviously, but mm. there's some pretty serious uh, ramifications when it comes to like really short. I can't remember the exact uh, data you mentioned, but like. 45 minute differences in, I think this mm. was a CEO study that you did around, mm, yeah. you know, cognitive, uh, like function mm -hmm. or decision-making and so forth. Yeah. Like it's not huge, huge windows of, of, of time. So it's, it's, it's doable to, I think, to work with this. I, I think so. Yeah. So, so there's a, there's a couple of things I think to, so just back on the social jet lag. So just yeah. to put some data around that. So if you are, there's a study done, it was in, um, it was in college-aged students, and they, um, in these students who were um, had past history of mental illness, okay, so either suffered from depression. So these are kind of vulnerable population, and basically what they saw is with every hour of weekend to weekday variability in sleep wake, there was a seventeen percent increase in non-suicidal wow. ideation. Whoa. Wow. So when we're already vulnerable, that sleep-wake variability can really move around um, our, our mental and, and physical health. Yeah. So I, I would say that, yeah, we want to try to minimize that variability and, and as much as possible. And it really, our interaction with light is, you know, our light behavior is so important, um, you know, so just to double down. We, again, we want to get outside within, you know, 30 minutes of waking up. We want to see the natural light. We want to get that into our eyeballs. So every yeah. cell tissue organ and body knows exactly what, what to do. And then as the sun is setting, if we can, we want to try to get outside, view that sun, you know, as it's setting on the horizon. And these are great moments for, you know, awe and gratitude, yeah, you know, stack some of these other practices. Um, but that, again, sends a really important signal to the rest of our body as to what what needs to be happening. And then once you get back inside, you have your dinner, you know, really try to reduce the amount of light that's going directly into the retina. So you end up um, producing melatonin um, mm -hmm. at the strength that you should be producing it so you can fall asleep um, when you want to fall asleep. So yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's really important. And and those are some components of of how to minimize sleep wake variability is is getting a handle on the light. Um and then, you know, I would I would say in terms of sleep debt, that's basically not meeting your sleep need. So when you have consistently short sleep, you end up accruing the sleep debt. So what yeah. we saw in our data is that for every 45 minutes of sleep debt, we saw a five to ten percent decrease in next day executive function. <laughs> so your mental control, so yeah, um, was like compromised next day. 
it's significant. And, you know, for some folks, it's more. So this is just the the mean, right? So for yeah. some folks, it's a little, maybe a little less, but some folks, it's actually more. And, you know, and the more sleep that you have, the worse it gets, right? It's it's yeah. not linear. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's enough to be like, hmm, okay, this is a variable that I want to try to control as much as possible because I, I know it's going to impact my ability to make decisions tomorrow and it's going to impact um and and also we saw that it impacts psychological safety so this is yeah, kind of the that part i was surprised with that is just to me it's mind-blowing or it, to me it's it, it's important because i think sometimes we're like well it's my sleep like yeah. you know whatever you know like people get all like hard about it like but, but you know what no actually your sleep deprivation impacts me Mm-hmm. It impacts, you know, the gal at the CVS counter. It it impacts, you know, your employee. It impacts like um your children. Like sleep debt does not just impact you. Yeah. And people all over the world have to recognize that this is something that we to the extent that you can control it. And I know that, that I'm talking about adult, healthy adult sleepers, you know, and there obviously there's going to be constraints at different points yeah, of, of your life. You're going to have young children. You're going to be caretaking, you know, for a, a parent. And I'm not talking about those situations. I'm talking that people who have resources and who have control for the most part. Yeah. It is worth your effort to get control of your sleep debt. Yeah. And that study specifically showed it was looking at the sleep of um, the uh, of kind of the CEO. I think in this case, you know, so the 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 person at the top sure. and um and and then looked at their the um how psychologically safe their direct reports felt and what we saw is that there was a relationship between the psychological safety of the direct reports and how much sleep debt the leader of those direct reports had um, so uh, so like i would have every, never guessed that i, like, I it's <laughs> crazy i mean it's the first time we've ever been able to link psychological safety to kind of something physiological like that. So yeah, it's, I mean, you think about military leaders, you think about, you know, the list goes on of anyone yeah. leading people, right? If, if you're in a situation where you're carrying around sleep debt, you're, the people around you are going to feel less confident to be themselves. They're going to feel less mm. confident in in kind of showing up as the truest version of themselves, which we know when you show up as a truest version of yourself, generally speaking, good things are going to happen, yeah. right? Because yeah, yeah. you're operating from a place of, of truth and honesty and you feel like your ideas are, are you know, worthwhile and can be accepted. And so, and, and we know that this translates, you know, to, um, to, to the bottom line of businesses as well. Um, yeah. Which is also really fascinating. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a well, revenue component to, to a lack of psychological safety. That's quite compelling. Well, this, this is one, uh, not one. I mean, there, everything you mentioned essentially uh, in these studies, I'm, I'm going to add to my arsenal because I've, I've, you know, depending on who I'm speaking with, uh, and, and to say this in a nice, polite Canadian way, of course, but uh, I'll always just say, well, like, as soon as, like, if we're operating, if our minds are operating at 50%, or if they stop operating, like, so does mm. your brand in business. I mean, we don't have to get yeah. any more complicated than that. Mm. But by the way, I kind of want to just, by the way, slip this, these studies in front of them as well. Like, look what's yeah. happening here, right? And and when you pause the rat race of of a lot of the lives that are that are running out there and everything going on mm. and just ask like does this make sense i think it's a pretty large or pretty loud resounding yes right mm. that along with everything that you've been you've been mentioning around just as soon as we start going 
against nature, usually mm. there's ramifications to that. And we see that with light, of course, and, and, yeah. and, and everything. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. I want to respect your time. We're, we're, we're running a little bit over here. I've got one more question for you. I told you we could talk for hours. So we'll have to do I a part know. two at one point. For sure. Um, I would just love, I think I may know how you'll answer this, but I, I, I'm going to ask it anyway. All said and done, when, when the work's done and, and all of that, what do, you, what do you want your two kids to really remember you uh, as? Yeah. Like, what are, what are, what are those, those values or those moments that you hope that they both would say, you know, mom was, mom was this? It, it's more of like how I want them to feel when they're around mm. me. Like, I want them to feel safe and I want them to feel loved. Yeah. Uh, I feel yeah. that in my heart. I hope everyone mm. on the other... Yeah. On the other side, I mean, I think, I've got a little teary-eyed going I know, with that. I know. It makes me teary-eyed too when I yeah. just, when I say it, you know, because I... But there's human connection. It's like, you know, like that's, that's who I want to be in the, you know, who I want to be for the, I want to create conditions that allow them to feel, yeah, safe to be the truest version of themselves. You know, like yeah. I think a lot about psychological safety in my own, my own home and, and, and how I, how I show up for them and, and how I listen to them and, and look at them. And, um, you know, I, I try to get, I like actually like really granular with that and, and hold myself to a very high standard. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, and, and I think like love is, you know, so connected to, to safety, but, but, you know, when I go back to like those emotions of, you know, of, or the, the lens, you know, just those trust-based emotions and fear-based emotions. Yeah. Like I, you know, it's just things that, I've been thinking about my whole life, you know, and it's just like, I want them to be able to, to, to feel like, you know, growth in the future is possible and that they, they feel optimistic and, and they have a sense of grace and graciousness and, you know, and they can access those emotions, yeah. right? Because they, 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 they trust the world, you know, they, they trust that it's, it's consistent and, and kind of, and, and with good intentions and for most part safe. And, you know, so like, I just, yeah. I want to reduce you know, I guess some of that friction. Um, yeah. You know, I, I have to, I, of course, thank you for your time to, to come on the show, but a higher thank you for just showing up for yourself every, every day and staying true to your own values. And I know, I know you grew up in a really challenging environment. You had to find those, those elements and those values for yourself in other ways to, as you mentioned, kind of counterbalance and uh, like, I want to thank you for doing that or putting that work in because the ripple effect of that is affecting, I mean, not just the people we're speaking to on this show, but your work with whoop and, and all of the work you've done with athletes and the, the, the message and your passion is just rippling around the world in a way that we can't even measure, but no is so profound. So thank you for, Ish. for showing up each day like this. Well, it means so much. Thank you. 